like to address our message today primarily to our seniors and to our graduates. But the neat thing is, is you get to listen in and be a part of it. Some of you wish that you were back in the day of high school. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 8. I want to talk to you about a father's instruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 says this. It says, listen, my son, to your father's instructions. And do not forsake your mother's teaching. For they are a garland to grace your head, and they are a chain to adorn your neck. My son... If sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. A major purpose of the book of Proverbs is to prepare young men to wisely and effectively assume responsibilities of adult life. Under the old covenant, it was expected that parents would not only discipline their children, and discipline in the book of Proverbs involved a rod, just so that you so that you know, okay? It says, the rod of correction will drive the foolishness far from them. It says, use a rod, you won't kill them. Under the old covenant, it involved corporal discipline. But that wasn't the only type of discipline. They were to lovingly instruct their children in the ways of the Lord. Now, if you would take, Pastor Joe used the verse that we're going to be reading today. Moses instructed the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 8, this is what he says to him. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments, so that's what they're supposed to do. They're to love God with everything they have. And then he says, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. He says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, he says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So according to scripture, parents are to love the Lord their God with everything that they have, with their heart, their soul, their strength. And they are to impress the commandments of the Lord on their children. God never said, I want you to hear this part. God never said like some cowardly parents say today. uh, Let them grow up. Let them live at home until they're 25. And then they can make their own decision about what they want to do with God. Friend, anyone who says that is a, write it down, a total idiot knows nothing about parenting, and is absolutely uninformed about what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that you are to impress it on them. You're to take the Word of God, and you are to impress it on your children. It's supposed to make an impact in your children's lives. You leaving and departing from your responsibility saying that your children have a free will when they when they're your children they don't have a free will. 
Okay. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. So your five-year-old does not know. He's not mature enough to know whether or not he wants to follow the ways of God. From the very beginning, you need to establish for your family, this is the way that we're going. This is the way we're going. It's not a choice. Notice what he says. Notice what he says there. He said that you are to impress them, to talk about them. You are to tie them, bind them, and write them. So again and again, and when are you to talk about them? You're to talk about when you're walking and when you're sitting. When you're standing up and when you're sitting down. So he's saying you're to talk about the commandments of the Lord and the word of the Lord at all times. Why would God tell us to do it? Why would God say, write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates? Because the word of God, every time you walk in to your house, you should see the word of God. And every time you walk out, and I'm not just talking about some kind of stenciling, some kind of Jesus thing on the side. Some people think that's the spiritual thing. What he means is the principles of God's word need to be reminded to your children over and over and over again when you walk out. And they would wear the thing between their forehead, the word of God. It's to be a constant reminder to them of these are God's principles. These are God's ways. The reason why he does that is because these instructions, when followed, will bring honor to them. Much like the victor's crown that was bestowed upon the winner of an ancient Olympic competition. There was a laurel crown that the winner, listen, do you want to raise winners or do you want to raise losers? You make up your mind what you want to do. But you see, when the winner, the crown goes to the winner. And so when you instruct your children in the ways of the Lord, it will lead them into victory. It will lead them into places of honor. As I said, the victor's crown. Or a crown in a jewel that a king would bestow upon his children to show his favor to them. These instructions, the word of God, is meant... When someone follows it, listen to me, I'm going to make you a promise. It will bring honor into your life. When you obey the word of the Lord, it will bring blessing into your life. Solomon says, listen to your father's instructions and don't forsake your mother's teachings. He goes on to say in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 5, he says, a fool spurns a parent's discipline. But whoever heeds correction shows prudence. But here's the cool thing. Each person now, when we do that as parents upon our children, when we impress it upon them, then there comes a place in life where each person gets to choose and decide in advance what the outcome they want to have for their lives. You don't let a three-year-old decide if he wants to follow the Lord. You establish that as for me and my house, we'll follow the Lord. We'll serve the Lord. But there comes a point in life where each person gets to make a decision. Each person gets to choose the outcome that they desire. Now, here's the question for our graduates. Do you want to be a man or a woman who's honored and respected? Do you want to have a blessed life with the favor of the Lord following you? with goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life? 
Do you want to be successful financially? I want to tell you something. You cannot, you cannot follow strictly the word of God and not have God bless your finances. I'm telling you, it's impossible for God's word to lie. And so someone who tells me that God won't bless your finances, I'm telling you, you're not reading it. You're not obeying it. But if you follow God, you know, you just can't give $5 in the offering plate and think God's going to drop a million bucks from heaven. But if you diligently work, if you get up early, if you consider the ant, get up early, go to work, do your thing. If you spend less than what you make, if you follow those biblical principles, God will bless you financially. So do you want to be blessed financially? Do you want to be successful in your relationships? Do you want to be someone who people can trust? Someone others can depend on? Someone others can emulate? Or do you want to be someone who always hurts and disappoints the most important people in their life? Someone whose others are always worried about. Oh, so-and-so's calling. I wonder what they want now. I wonder what problem they have now. Someone others hold up as an example of what not to do. There's always one of those, isn't there? Don't be like your Uncle Bob, you know? He had a good opportunity, but he blew it. Well, the great thing is you get to decide what the outcome will be. You get to choose the outcome of your life. You get to choose what your future looks like. And it's based upon whether or not you will follow the principles that God lays out for you. In verse 10, he says this, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. Now let me say that to you a little bit differently. It's not if. It's not if sinful men entice you. It's not if sinful women entice you. It's simply a matter of when. When sinful men, it's sure to come, Satan is going to try and place ungodly people in your path to redirect you down the wrong road. Paths that sound so great, but they end up in pain and suffering and sorrow and destruction. You know, I have to laugh at when we think about that word entice. When evil men entice you, don't give in to them. It reminds me, I have to laugh as I think back to my high school days. And I remember a particular day, a particular event. We were sitting at the lunch table, me and a group of guys who I sat with all year long. We would always be at our same place there. And they began to talk about what a great weekend they had had. And you know, the enemy tries to tell us sometimes, he tries to entice us. You want some of this, don't you? Why don't you try some of this? I knew that God had something better for me, and I did not go down that path. But for a moment, it sounded enticing. I still remember what they said as they sat around that lunch table. What a wonderful time they had out drinking that weekend. They were out driving out on a country road, and they stopped, and they got out, and someone peed on the electric fence. What a great time. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I could have been there. And then they told about, they ended up in a trailer. I don't know if it was an abandoned trailer or someone's old trailer. And -and so-and-so was vomiting in the bathroom. And the other guy woke up the next morning. He had passed out in the tub. And, you know, it wasn't like a jacuzzi garden tub. 
You know what I mean? It was just a plain old dirty tub. He had passed out in a tub. And I remember as a teenager thinking, oh man, I'm crazy as it sounds now. There was something to that 16, 17-year-old mind that that sounds a little bit enticing. The the unfortunate thing is some of those guys are still in the same old dirty tub. You know what I mean? They've never left the tub. But aren't you glad, though the enemy tries to entice us, though he tries to tell us that that's so great, that's not what God has for us. I want to tell you something. Those of you who have grown up in this church, And you've experienced the presence of the Lord. This is a word for you. I had someone tell me after the first service, they say, Pastor, it was Good News Club that did it for me. This is what I'm about to tell you. Those of you who have experienced the presence of God, you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you have been ruined for sin. We've ruined you. Look at the person next to you and said, you've been ruined. Those of you who've been fortunate enough To have a mom or a dad who took you to church and told you about the ways of the Lord. You've seen and heard their testimonies of what God did for them. They've prayed with you and for you. I want you to write down what I'm telling you. I don't want this to ever leave your mind. We've messed you up. The Lord has messed you up. You're never going to be able to forget the things that you've seen and that you've heard. What's been poured into you, you'll never be able to get away from that. If you attempt to walk away from the Lord and do your own thing, the word of God is a seed that's been planted in your life and it will still be at work in your life bringing you conviction. And there's some people who I look at in this room and you would be able to testify. If you could talk to one of these 16, 17, 18-year-old young men, you would be able to testify about the word that was implanted in you years ago. And where are you now? Here you are sitting in the house of the Lord with the desire to draw closer to him. That word does not return void. Listen to what Isaiah the prophet said in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 10 he says as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater so is my word that goes out from my mouth it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So the word of God that's been planted in your heart, it's a seed that's in there. It may lay dormant for years, but it's still alive inside of you. You may go and you may run off and be an idiot and destroy your life and everybody else's life. And maybe you'll miss out on a few years in jail and maybe you'll miss out. If you live for God, you might not have so many broken relationships. You may not have so many bankruptcies. You may not have so many years in, in and out of rehab. That's not God's best for you. God can redeem that, but I'm going to tell you what. That's not his best for you. His best for you is that you hear the word and you receive it into your heart and you follow him. But even if, hear me, even if you squander 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, God's word will not return void. It will work. It's been planted in your heart. 
the word says if you train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. Those of you who are and in our first service, you know Brother Ron who sits in the back. I believe it was 54 years or 56 years he, he, he ran from God. 54 years he ran from God. He told me the night as he accepted the Lord here at our altar. He, but he told me the night. He remembers the night whenever he was in church and his mom was a Christian. And he rejected God. He remembers the night. He remembers the moment. He remembers all the things that took place. But you know what? That word that had been planted, those prayers of his mother, God is faithful and he brings it to pass. So you can be assured of this. Now here's the problem. We've kind of messed you up for enjoying sin. Because those of you who have been brought up in the house of God, those of you who have heard the word of the Lord, those of you who've had God's word implanted upon your heart, your buddies can go out and do whatever they want. And when they come home, they're still kind of okay. But once you've tasted the Lord and seen that he is good, you go out and do your thing. And then when you come home and you sit down by yourself, the Holy Spirit's there. There's something in your spirit that as you go out and do it, each time you're doing it, I don't care how far you get from God, the Holy Spirit is still faithful. He's still calling to you. He's still working at you and drawing you to himself. And there's this sadness and this sorrow and this discouragement that's going to be in your heart until the day you yield your life to him and surrender your life back to him. If we would take a few moments to go around the room, I'm sure that person after person, could testify of the truth of what I'm saying to you. The one person told me it was a good news club when I was eight years old. A good news club where they planted the word of God in my heart. It took a while for it to take root. It took a while for it to develop. But look where I'm at now, pastor. And that's the faithfulness of God. That's the faithfulness. See, all the songs Crystal chose today talked about the work that God is doing in and through us. I want to say this to you very quickly. Even if you've tried to make excuses and blame others around you for their shortcomings and use that as a reason. I want to speak specifically to people. You're a big excuse maker. Okay. Now someone's just got to tell you like it is. There's some people who they make excuses. They don't believe them themselves. They don't believe them themselves, but they think if they tell themselves that, long enough, then they'll be okay. You know what? You're lying to yourself. There's some people who want to make excuses and they'll say, well, my dad or my mom was a Christian, but they did this, or this person did that, or that person did this. Listen, you have enough. You have enough. I don't care if your parents were a total idiot. You have enough of the word of God that's been planted in your heart that you are responsible for it. Your eyes have been opened. You know that the Lord is good. You know that he is real. So those excuses aren't going to cut it any longer. Okay. So look to the person next to you and say, I don't know. Is he talking to you? Listen to me. You got enough of the word of God already implanted in you. That the Holy Spirit is going to bring to your mind. He's going to bring to your heart the reality of his truth. He's going to bring it to your remembrance. As you're sitting there, you may make all the excuses you want, but the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind the prayers of your mama. He'll bring to your mind the prayers of your grandmother. He'll bring to your mind the kindness of a Sunday school teacher. 
the kindness of a youth leader who reached out to you and prayed for you. And God's going to finish the work that he started in you, my brothers and sisters. What we'd like to do is we'd like to prevent some destruction. We would like to prevent that. Solomon says, listen to what he says. He says in verse 30, he says, Since they will not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. So the person who refuses the instruction of their parent, there's going to be a lot of wasted time. There's going to be a lot of wasted years. There's going to be a lot of destruction and brokenness. But whoever listens will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. You get to make up your mind what you want life to be. You get to choose what your future is. Well, pastor, things fall, you know. People want to leave so much up to fate. It's incredible how successful we are when you practice a little bit. You know what I mean? It's incredible how lucky you are when you practice. And when you apply the word of God, it cannot help. The word of God cannot fail. It will not fail. It will accomplish the work that it was sent. So I just want to encourage you today, choose what your future is. Choose what you want it to be. Do you want it to be a life of brokenness? For our young people, you want, you want to leave behind you a trail of destruction and brokenness, then don't listen, don't heed the instructions that you've already received. You know what you're doing. You're going to do really good. How many of you have seen that before? People who, they reject instruction, they won't listen, and then eventually things just blow off, you know, the things just come off the track. But the man or the woman who heeds the word of the Lord, I don't care how bad things have gotten for you. I don't care how much you've messed things up. When you turn your heart to the Lord, he comes running to you. Just like the father, the prodigal son with his father. And he does not stand and accuse you. Some of us, when I bring up some of those things about making the mistakes of the past, the enemy comes alongside and tries to accuse us and point a finger. But what did the father do with the prodigal son? He ran to him. He embraced him. He hugged him. And he said, come on, it's time to celebrate. And he said, go kill the fatted calf. Get a robe for his back and sandals for his feet and a ring for his hand. Because my son who was lost is found. Aren't you glad? Today, you get to make up your mind what your future is going to be. I don't care what your past has been. But you get to choose. You get to pick what the future of your life is going to be. How do we bring it about? By hearing. Hearing and obeying the precepts of God's word. I want to pray for you today. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. For these young people who are graduating, we ask you that each one of them, that the angels of the Lord would be encamped around about them. I pray, God, that you would protect them and preserve them and watch over them. I ask for the favor. Would you agree with me for that? Lord, we ask you for the favor of the Lord to be theirs. And Jesus, I pray that you would honor them as they honor you. I thank you for each mom and dad who raised them and trained them in the ways of the Lord. 
I ask you, Father, that they would be able to rest and in faith say, God, we've done what your word said. Now we entrust our children to you. We trust you and believe you that you will accomplish your work and your purposes and your plans for their lives. May each of their children bring them great honor. May their children be men and women of renowned, mighty and powerful in the spirit, we pray, O oh God. And Lord, we pray for if there's anyone here even today who they say, well, pastor, I've made a lot of dumb choices. I didn't know some things. I thought I knew better. God, I thank you that today from this moment on, I can choose to follow your word. I can choose to follow the instructions of godly leaders and godly parents and the word of God. I can let it be instilled in my heart. And Lord, as I follow you, You cannot help but bring blessing and goodness. Lord, I won't have to follow goodness. I won't have to seek blessings. But your word says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, let that be our reality, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you.